0: So it's been a couple weeks, about about two to three weeks since I've done the podcast and I got to say I've missed it. Um, I've just been really wrapped up with school but I just finished my program so there's a lot more free time that I now have and that leads us to today's podcast. There is a lot to discuss. We're going to kick it off with CinemaCon. So CinemaCon, for those of you who don't know, is this sort of big event that happens every year. Uh, I'm pretty sure it it happens every year in las vegas i know for this year it's in las vegas and basically what it is is all the major film studios you know warner brothers sony disney paramount universal they gather and they essentially present to you know the 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 uh all the movie theater chains and you know the audience their upcoming projects and the things that they've been working on that uh that and, and the people there get to have a first look now typically whatever they showcase is exclusive to that event, like like for example, if they show a trailer for an upcoming Spider Man movie or whatever, more times than not, the people there are going to be the only people that are going to be able to see that. Right now, there happened a few cases where they've released the trailer, you know, a couple months afterwards or whatnot. So we could see that, but uh, people are still allowed to talk about what they've seen. So I'm going to go off of the descriptions that I've heard. Obviously, I'm not in Las Vegas, I'm not at CinemaCon. Way too expensive for me, and also I live in Canada, so it, it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard for, me, hard for me to get down there, but one day I would love to go there, hopefully, down the line. But, anyways, let's talk about the first day. This was Sony's panel, uh, they talked about many things in regards to the upcoming Spider Verse films that they've been working on and some other things along the way. So, let's kick it off with the sizzle reel. They had a sizzle reel showing like five seconds from from all these different movies that they've been working on. And they actually showed footage for Craven the Hunter, which I did not expect because this film, I think has only been in production for like a month. Uh, Now, sure, that that is enough time to get a trailer and whatnot. I just didn't expect for them to show anything. Now, I did expect them to talk about Craven the Hunter, but they showed like a five, 10 second clip of apparently uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson like running through the snow barefooted. And uh, also a scene when he's, uh, sort of man- mantled on like the, the, the side of a van, which we've actually seen that, that scene kind of being filmed uh, behind this. We've seen that scene filmed from behind the scenes footage from people's phones. And uh, it's just sort of presented in a more cinematic uh, uh, way. Uh, and then we actually saw footage for Madam Webb and apparently the footage was detailed as showing... Uh, Dakota Johnson as Madame Webb, not in like her full costume or anything like that. And then it showed her co-star, Sidney Sweeney from uh, Euphoria. Uh, then they continued on to discuss, they actually showed rather the first 10 minutes of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which is the sequel to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which is a huge hit. Uh, and then they also announced the title of the film that's going to follow this sequel for Across the Spider-Verse. It's the third film in the trilogy. It's going to it's being titled Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse. And that's going to come out in 2024. And then Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which is the, the upcoming film, that's going to be coming out next year, if my memory serves me correctly. And then a couple other things. They announced that Venom 3 is in development. We all knew that. That's That's not a surprise. Uh, you know, hopefully they'll have Spider-Man team up in that film, but we'll have to see. I think Toxin might be the next, uh, villain cause they tease that with the sort of detective that, that, that was working closely with Eddie Brock. I'm not too familiar with the Toxin character. I know in the comics, I don't read the comics, but from what I've heard, he's, he's another sort of symbiotic, uh, character. So no surprise there. Um, then we have the Ghostbusters afterlife sequel that was announced. Not going to lie. I'm not entirely interested in Ghostbusters. Haven't seen Ghostbusters Afterlife, but for any of you who are interested, now you know that there's a sequel to that film. Uh, no surprise there either, because I, while I haven't seen Ghostbusters Afterlife, I've heard nothing but good things about it, and I think it did pretty well in the box office. So, uh, Up next, they apparently show the first 15 minutes of Bullet Train, uh, directed by David Leach. He's the director of films. like uh, he's I think he's directed all of the John Wick films. He directed Deadpool 2, Atomic Blonde, and the Hobbs and Shaw, you know, Fast and Furious spinoff, which quite frankly, I don't give a fuck about never seen any of those films. But for those of you who do, he's directed, he's directed that film. So uh, he's got some pretty good films in, in, in his repertoire. And uh, I got to say, I'm really looking forward to this bullet train film. I would have loved to see the first 15 minutes. That trailer just really excited me, just all the vibrant colors from the sort of Uh, I think the film's supposed to take place, obviously, on a train, but I think it's going through Tokyo, or, uh, you know, I I could be wrong about that, or, um, and it's, obviously, the the cast is incredible, it's got uh, uh, Brad Pitt, Aaron Taylor Johnson, uh, the guy from Eternals, I can't quite remember his name, Uh, he's sort of like the mechanic guy who creates things in Eternals, and then it's got the actress from Deadpool 2, funny enough, Uh, I think... I don't wanna I don't wanna get this wrong. Yeah, you know I I don't wanna I don't wanna get her name wrong, so I'm not even gonna bother to uh, to sort of spitball it off the top of my head because I'm terrible at pronouncing names and terrible at remembering names, to be quite frank with you. But here's where it gets interesting. This is where I'm kind of left scratching my head. They announced the newest Spider-Man spin-off film they are currently developing is called El Morto, and it's a Spider-Man spin-off about this sort of uh, luchador uh, you know, character. I, I really don't know anything about it. Uh, I've spoken to people that do read the comics. They really know nothing about him either. Apparently he's only been in like a couple of runs of the Spider-Man comics. So really obscure character, but here is where it gets interesting. The actor who they've already cast to play the character is the, one of the famous musicians right now, Bad Bunny. Uh, I don't listen to Bad Bunny. It's not really my kind of music, but I, I I understand he's he's a star. He's got like billions of streams, uh. But how much acting experience does he really have? Right now, I don't want to sound pretentious. I myself want to be an actor. I have no fucking acting experience, but I'm just speaking for this film. Uh, now, I do know that Bad Bunny is in the Bullet Train film. I actually thought he looked pretty compelling in that trailer. So who knows? He could be an incredible actor. This could be a Jamie Foxx situation where we see a musician who who's really known for that kind of field transition to the big screen and kill it. And now most people really look at Jamie Foxx as an actor, right? Most people don't really look at him for his, you know, his, his, his stuff that he's done in, the, in music at least for my generation, for most people that I speak to. Now, I'm not saying Jamie Foxx is the first person and the only person that's done that. We've seen that many, many times. I don't know why he was just the first kind of example that came up off the top of my head. Uh, So who knows? This could be really, really good, but I'll be entirely honest with you. I think this is a bad decision uh, and I'm not really interested in this. And I I think I'm kind of scared for the direction that Sony is taking the Spider-Man universe uh, it, it's, it's sort of reminiscent of, you know, back in 20, whatever, 13, 14, when Andrew Garfield was our current Spider-Man and, and we saw where they were going with their universe in the amazing Spider-Man two, And, uh, we all saw what happened to that franchise. It got canned. Um, now I'm not, this isn't going to get canned. They're clearly investing all the resources and all their time and energy into the Spider-Man universe. So, and who knows, we haven't seen this fully unfold. This could be incredible, right? This could be, you know, the the biggest competition that the MCU has ever seen, right? We have no idea. But I'm not entirely uh confident in where they're going. Um for me, the Venom films are just okay. Uh I, I enjoyed, you know, the first Venom. I, I think it was I think it was it was it was okay. I think the villain uh, the villain in that film, Riot, I think I think his name was uh that Raza Med played, which by the way, Raz Ahmed, fantastic actor. Uh, if you haven't seen the sound of metal go check it out. He's, he's amazing in that. Uh, but yeah, his his character and his villain for me, I just thought wasn't very compelling. It, it wasn't very interesting. I don't think they, d- they developed a lot of uh, you know character development for that character. And I felt like he was just sort of almost like a plot device just so Venom had somebody to fight in that film. Uh, then transi- transitioning to Venom Let There Be Carnage, I did enjoy that film a little bit more just for the simple fact that they had Carnage. However, though, I, I feel like they left a lot to desire in terms of the Cletus Cassidy character, not Carnage. Carnage, I think, was great. I think he looked amazing. He was terrifying on screen, but Woody Harrelson as Cletus Cassidy, I would have liked to see them sort of delve a little bit deeper into his character. I know they addressed the whole, you know, backstory of him being abused by his, his family and whatnot, but I would have liked to see a little bit more. Uh, so, yeah, overall, the Venom films were just, you know, okay. The first one kind of mid, the second one, I thought it was, it was good. It it was all right. Uh, But then Morbius, Morbius, let's be honest. It's like universally hated by everyone, critics, fans, everyone. I didn't think it was terrible, but I also didn't think it was a good film. Uh, And the same writers of Morbius are actually the, the, the head writers of Madam Webb. So take that as you will. I don't really understand that. uh, But like I said, I don't want to be one of these people that just hates for the sake of hating just to, you know, uh, I don't know, make a, make a hot take just for the sake of making a hot take, right? If I'm going to have a hot take, it's because I genuinely, uh, believe in my hot take and, I, and I, 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 I present substance and I present reasoning behind it. So I'm not just trying to just be a hater. I'm, I want this Sony Spider-Man universe to be good. I want it to, right? Because these are really compelling villains. Maybe not El Murto, but Venom, Mor- I, even Morbius, right? There was a, some redeeming qualities of Morbius. I thought when he was in full vampire form, I thought it looked pretty good. Uh, yeah, but I'm as for El Murto, I'm not very excited for this film. And quite frankly, I'm worried for this film. I could be wrong. We may, I may look back on this moment and laugh at myself. That remains to be seen. Uh, but as of right now, I'm not very interested. And I, I think the reason why Sony decided to go with Bad Bunny uh, is is for a few reasons. I mean, he could have killed it in, in, in an audition, although I don't even think he probably did an audition. I just think his name and his status uh, and his personal brand alone just probably got him the part. Uh, I don't know that to be true or not and that actually transitions me to my second point, I think because this El Murto character is is so obscure, and so I don't even want to say B level because I think he's below that. I, I think like 0.5% of comic fans know this character. So I think because of that, because he's so unknown, I think they wanted to get a real big star to play the character to draw viewers in because while they may not know El Murto, everybody knows Bad Bunny, so, you know, we've seen that before in Hollywood many, many times. But yeah. Uh I, I, I don't wanna hate on on Bad Bunny. Uh he could be great in this film. This may be one of the best comic book films of all time. It could also be one of the worst. We have no idea. But for now, uh I'm I I don't want to sound pessimistic, but I'm not really looking forward to this uh too much. So here's what's gonna happen. So CinemaCon still has like three or four days left in the in the event. I think today right now as we speak is Warner Brothers presentation, which is super exciting. You know, I imagine we'll probably see some Batgirl footage, maybe see Michael Keaton in his full costume. Uh, maybe see some Flash, although I don't really know what's going to happen with that because of all the Ezra Miller controversy. So I don't really know what's going to happen with Flash. But I, I imagine we'll probably see some Aquaman 3 footage, um, some possibly some blue beetle footage, who knows that presentation is, is going to be pretty exciting as well. And then the next day, uh, so what are we today? We are Monday. Yeah. Are we Monday? Or are we Tuesday? I can't quite remember. We are, come on, what's going on my phone here? Drawing a blank. Yeah, we're, we're Tuesday. So today is Warner brothers tomorrow, Disney. And then I think universal see the universal or paramount after that, or they might be in the same day. I can't quite remember, but here, here's what's going to happen because I really, really want to talk about this stuff, but I also want to get a podcast out this week, just talking about some other things. So now I'm not saying this is going to happen for sure, but I'll, I'm going to do this podcast. I'm going to finish this podcast and then I'm going to put it on YouTube because you guys are obviously watching. Then I might do an audio-only podcast, just strictly covering the rest of the week in regards to CinemaCon and the movies they announced. Because the the Disney one's going to be huge, and I, I was watching John Campia, who's my favorite, you know, podcaster to watch, and he has you know direct tie or not direct ties, but he has dir- he knows people that work directly in the industry and people that work at Sony, and he, he has he has connections. And he said, without giving away their you know, their names and whatnot, he said that he's spoken to people that work directly closely, or if not directly into Disney, he said that these people have told him that there are some uh, really, really big things in store that Disney is going to be showcasing. Now, I don't think we're going to get a whole phase five announcement, definitely not. Uh, But we're probably going to see some really, really cool things. I imagine we'll probably get a first look at the Black Panther Wakanda Forever film that's coming out, I think in November, maybe even see some more Thor footage, which we're going to talk about in a second. So that's going to be really exciting. So I really want to talk about it. And I don't want to wait another whole week and a half to discuss it, because at that point, nobody's really going to care. The news is going to be out people are going to, they'll have enough time to marinate on it and be excited for and then move on. So Here's what I'm going to try and do. After today's podcast, this one's going to come out Sunday and then maybe before that I might do a strictly audio only podcast just discussing CinemaCon. I don't know for sure if that's going to happen cuz I do have a very very busy week ahead of me, so we'll we'll kind of see what happens, but I would like to do that. Uh but now transitioning to the second topic is the Thor Love and Thunder. My bad, sorry, my dog is uh is barking. Uh, the next topic we have is Thor love and thunder, the trailer, we've all been waiting for this trailer. People have been worried that this film is going to get delayed or something. Uh, I, I never thought that for a second. I just think Marvel, since Marvel has so much, you know, properties coming out, they need to really, uh, release the trailers for each of these new upcoming projects accordingly. Cause they don't want to take away from whatever is, is, you know, either about to come out or already out, right? Like. For example they wouldn't have dropped the thor trailer the day that moon knight episode one came out right it would have totally taken away the shine and the discussion away from moon knight uh so they decided that now is the right time uh kind of interesting because we're, we're right around the corner from dr strange too but for me i thought they were either going to release it after dr strange or did the no way home approach and release the trailer in the post credit scene but uh, yeah, the trailer dropped. I thought it was great. Showed very little. We didn't see any Gore the God Butcher. We didn't see Christian Bale. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Gore the God Butcher is the villain of this film. He essentially is, quite literally, he kills gods. He butchers gods. Because apparently, uh, you know, from, from my brief understanding of the character, uh, his family was killed by gods. Whether it was sort of indirectly or directly, it could be a civil war situation when, because these gods were you know, operating and doing their things. Casualties happen at the same time. I don't know, but he hates gods and he wants to kill them all. Thor is obviously a god, so it kind of makes sense. Um, But we didn't see him in this trailer, which, you know, I have no problem with. I didn't really expect them to, I didn't expect them to show Gord the God Butcher, but I thought it was really exciting. I don't think it was like the best trailer of all time, but it looked great. You could definitely tell Taika Taika Waititi is, (laughs) I hope I pronounced that right. You can tell. You can definitely tell. Taika is just sort of going in his bag on this one. Uh, it, it, it looks like they're really building upon. Uh, they're really building upon the sort of comedic, uh, fun aspect that they had in, in Thor: Ragnarok because the two previous Thor films were really dark, really serious. And I think Chris Hemsworth even said that like he started to lose his his love for playing the character. But now that we know that a whole new restructure of, you know, that that world of Asgard and everything. It's got him enthused and I think he's even said that he would love to play this character for as long as he can. And I think a lot of that has to do with Taika taking over and directing uh Thor Ragnarok. So the, it looks like they're really building upon the, you know, the the uh like I said the humor and the the obviously the action and the sort of uh you know, fun parts of of Thor Ragnarok and this looks great we could tell that Thor is really trying to you know step away from being this god and he really wants to understand like you know I need to know what I can do moving forward with my own life I'm going to stop listening to other people tell me what I should do and I'm going to sort of ride this wave because you know at this point he's done everything right like he's he's fought with the Avengers uh you know he's 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 fought on Asgard. He he's done everything. He's he's been alive for like what thousands of years. So at this point, it seems like as he says in the trailer, he just wants to retire and just live at peace. Uh, but we see that you know there there are other things in store that are planned for him. And it, uh, we all wanted to see a workout montage, Rocky style, from him being fat Thor in Endgame to him being you know jacked up Thor that we've all we've all seen throughout the years of the MCU. And it looks like we're getting that. He's got the strongest Avenger cap on. Nice little callback to Thor Ragnarok when he's trying to sign into the, you know, sign into the Quinjet, and uh, you know he can't remember the password, and he's like strongest Avenger, and then he says, uh, what, "What was the actual password?" I think it, it was a reference to Point Break. I think it literally was Point Break, if, if I'm not mistaken, because I think he looks very much like one of the characters in that film. Uh, the music choice. I was really expecting to hear some kind of 80s music, maybe uh, Thunderstruck or something, but we heard Sweet Child of Mine, and I thought it was great. When I heard Sweet Child of Mine, the first film that came to my mind was Step Brothers when they're in the car, and Will Ferrell's brother, him and his family are all singing Sweet Child of Mine, and he's like, you know, I pay $1,300 a week for voice lessons, and this is what you give me, and then, yeah, that that was fucking hilarious, but yeah, the music choice, great. Uh, and then, I, yeah, I kind of already answered the question as to why the teaser trailer uh, took so long to release. Now, could we see Loki in this film? Uh, it's hard to say. Um, obviously, Thor, Loki's brother, it's, it's it's an obvious connection. He's been in every Thor film. But I think for the first time, they're not going to have Thor in this film. Now, I have nothing to, to sort of, uh, you know, validate that. Um, we also haven't seen Doctor Strange which I'm sure will probably answer some of that possibly. Uh also season 2 of Loki, there's a lot of storytelling that we've yet to see and I think once we see that then we'll obviously know. But just, you know, my uh my opinion, I don't think we're going to see him in 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 uh, in Thor Thor 11 Thunder. And quite frankly, I don't think I actually want to see him in Thor. I think it'd be nice to sort of see Thor go through this journey not knowing what's happening to Thor or not knowing what's happening to Loki, because actually right now Thor is of the understanding that my brother's dead. We saw him get, you know, mangled. We saw Thor witness his brother getting mangled by Thanos right in front of him in Thor. Uh, Obviously Thor, um, or sorry, not Thor uh, Avengers infinity war. My bad. Uh, So we, he saw that happen. So right now he thinks his brother is dead. Uh, So it'd be really nice for them to have that film Without Loki, or at the very least, maybe have Loki show up in a post-credit scene and that can build upon, you know, maybe a fifth Thor film. Because I was talking to one of my friends about this and, you know, I didn't really think about it, but it kind of makes sense. With Taika taking over, it almost seems like he wants to make his trilogy of Thor films. So we may see seven or five Thor films, right? I mean, maybe that fifth, that last one, uh, then we'll see Loki and him team up again, but I, I got no idea about that. Uh, Could we see Beta Ray Bill? Now, for those of you who don't know who Beta Ray Bill is, it's another character in the comics that is very similar to Thor, but he's almost like this, uh, you know, he almost kind of looks like a horse (laughs) in in a little bit of a way in in terms of his, like, facial structure. Uh, What do they call those? uh, Minotaurs? I I, I think I I could be wrong. Um, Well, he's not a Minotaur. I think a Minotaur, I I could be totally getting this name wrong. could totally be getting this sort of mythology on, but I think a Minotaur is like the, uh, the the sort of horse people that have like, um, like basically a, a, an example is the character from Narnia, right? I'm pretty sure that is a Minotaur. I could be wrong, but I don't know. I'm getting over my head here. But yeah, Beta Ray Bill is an extremely important character that is directly tied to Thor. In fact, he was actually gonna be one of the main characters in Thor Ragnarok, uh, but for whatever reason, they decided to take him out of the film, probably to save him for this. Uh, and you actually see when they're in that arena uh, where you know Thor fights Hulk, it shows all the people that, all the previous champions that have won in this arena. And one of the sort of faces, the statues was Beta Ray Bill's face in Thor Ragnarok. So that was a nice little hint, nod. So the character does exist. He is in this universe. We just haven't seen him yet. And I think we will see him here. And there's actually been a lot of buzz that Marvel could be Duh, um using their you know deception again against us and, and and there's one shot in the trailer where it shows Thor and Korg watching the Guardians soar off into the sky and probably that'll lead them off to the Guardians 3. But we we see the shot of Thor and Korg watching them go away, fly off into the into the whatever atmosphere, but there's a lot of room a lot of open space in that shot beside Thor and beside uh, Korg, to, uh, more specifically to the left of Thor. And we've seen in the trailers, we've seen in Spider-Man No Way Home, they edited out uh, Andrew kicking uh, the lizard. And you see in the trailer, obviously both Spider-Man aren't there above and below uh, Tom Holland's. But you could still see there's a lot of open space and you could see that the lizard getting punched in the face by something invisible and we obviously found out that that was one of the spider-man kicking him in the face so we could be seeing that again in this trailer and it's probably likely whether it's beta ray bill could be anybody it could be valkyrie for all we know uh yeah so really looking forward to it uh as for which film could be better this or dr strange my money's on my money's on Dr. Strange. I think Dr. Strange is going to be a, a, a better film. Although I will say the two-hour runtime for Dr. Strange, I was expecting it to be a little bit longer. Uh, now, I mean, this is Sam Raimi directing this, so overall I'm not too worried. But, you know, it is kind of thought-provoking, uh, you know, like two hours for for this film and all the things that are going to be happening with the Illuminati and, you know, Wanda's arc. Uh, and then obviously Doctor Strange itself. I think that's that's pretty that's the interesting part of this film, right? There's so with, with Doctor Strange, not to get off topic here, but we're seeing so much of these different stories being played out. I think some people, myself included, we kind of have to ground ourselves for a moment and say, This is a Doctor Strange film, right? Like it's 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 kind of funny. I sometimes I just forget like this is a Doctor Strange film. I'm just like I'm looking at the Illuminati, I'm looking at Wanda, I'm looking at all these different storylines happening, and it's just kind of funny but excuse me let me know what you guys thought about thor love and thunder i'm very interested to see are you excited for this uh did you think the trailer you know was was too short or did you love the trailer like i did let me know what you guys think in the comments below up next i'm going to do my review right now for the northman uh the northman was a fantastic film now for those of you who don't know, I, I've been doing these sort of out-of-theater reactions, and I, I really enjoy them. They're, they're quick, they're easy. I mean, they're right out of the theater. They don't really take much editing. I kind of just give my my raw thoughts uh, and, you know, what, what, what immediately impacted me and how I felt walking out of the theater. And I did one for everything, everywhere, all at once. And, you know, I appreciate all of you pointing it out. It was just so funny how many of you pointed out that the fact that I said uh, donut instead of bagel... I don't know why I said donut, it was kind of a mistake on my my behalf, but I noticed that afterwards and I was like, oh fuck, I said fucking donut, it's a fucking bagel. So yeah, I thought that was pretty funny, but I also did an out of theater reaction for The Northman and uh, I kind of shared my thoughts, my my sort of quick out of theater reaction, but I'm going to build upon that and talk about it right now in a little bit more depth. Uh, General thoughts, great film, one of the best films that have come out this year, uh, and it, incredibly entertaining. There wasn't one moment, uh, where I was bored. I was kind of losing interest. I thought the length, the runtime was great. The, the, the movie w- was paced very, very well. Uh, and there was always something happening that was contributing to the story. There was no sort of periods where there was, you know, meaningless subplots, like n- none of that, none of that. It, it was great. Um, I've heard a lot of people talk about this comparison, but I felt this too. I thought of The Lion King, right? Because, so, so let me back up. The The basic idea of this film is that this child witnesses his father, who's a king. He, he witnesses his father get murdered and get killed by his own brother, by the father's own brother, his uncle. So he witnesses his uncle murder his father, and basically he runs away he leaves his, you know, his family, his kingdom, he escapes. And basically this whole arc that he has growing up is he wants to get vengeance. He wants to avenge his father. So he becomes this warrior. He becomes this, you know, this, uh, this hunter and his whole basic, basically his whole purpose is to just build himself up so that he can kill his uncle, kill the man who killed his father. And if that rings a bell, it's because it should, because it's, that's very similar to the plot of The Lion King, we see Simba's father, uh, or <clears throat> excuse me, we see Simba, we see his father get killed by Scar, and he runs away. He obviously meets up with. Uh, it's, been, it's been a year since I've seen the film, but I, I I forget the the people that he meets. And obviously, it's a lot more lighthearted. It's a cartoon, so but you know, the sort of baseline plot is very similar. He watches his father get killed, runs away comes back to get vengeance. He does. He defeats Scar, who Scar is his uncle. Very, very similar to that. But there's there's some twists and turns, right? Now, I'm going to I'm going to talk spoilers. I'm just going to give you that warning. Uh not only does he want to obviously avenge his father, but he also wants to avenge his mother. But he actually comes to realize that his mom has always been on the uncle side and in fact she actually ends up becoming the wife of the uncle once once his uncle killed his father and they even have kids and they have, they have children and whatnot. And so it goes pretty deep. So his whole life, he's also been trying to, you know, obviously kill the man that killed his dad, but he's also been trying to free his mom. And in fact, he says this line frequently throughout the film. He's like, uh, I'll avenge you father. I'll free your mother. I'll kill you uncle or something along the lines of that. I'm paraphrasing of course. But so once he finally meets up with his mother, who's beautifully played by Nicole Kidman, uh, she starts saying, like, your father was, like, was weak and he was a coward and things like that. And he he's taken aback. He he doesn't know what to expect. And he actually ends up killing her. Uh, and then an epic, epic showdown between him and uh, and his uncle. Like, what an incredible fight. We saw the little snippets of of, the, of that fight sequence in the trailer. Uh, there's, like, one scene when you see Skarsgård and he's, like, screaming... And you see in the background that's there's like this uh, you know molten excuse me there there's this molten lava and that's because they're actually fighting near a volcano uh, and there's also a lot of really rich mythology in this film uh, very uh, very supernatural um, we see once. Uh, one Skarsgård. I I I think I called him Peter Skarsgård. I think his name is Alexander Skarsgård. If if that's the correct way to, to I think I made that mistake in my out of the, I always in these out of theater reactions I always say one thing that's just like not correct. Uh, but you know it is what it is. Um, and but yeah, I think his name is Alexander Skarsgård. I could still be wrong about that. I probably should should have checked before the show, but you know, fuck it. Uh, so Alexander Skarsgård once he sees his father die as a child we see the his father Ethan Hawke, we, we see him kind of go into this like astral plane and and we we see it's almost like this tree and in each branch of this tree there's other previous kings and, and queens and, and whatever and 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 people in this family tree that's literally what it is it's a family tree and then we see that again and again through the film and then towards the end of the film we see that. Peter Skarsgård, as he's dying, he he looks in this family tree and he sees, or not as he's dying. I think it's it's when he's on the boat with Anya Taylor Joy. Sorry, I'm all over the place. By the way, Anya Taylor Joy was incredible. It was nice to see her back with Robert Eggers uh, in another film. When he's talking to Anya Taylor Joy, he could see his film. He could see his kids in this tree. He could see that they eventually become kings themselves. And he leaves to Taylor-Joy because he knows that while he would love to spend his life with her, he serves a more uh, noble purpose. He has to get this job done. That he's he, he's not ready to abandon his life's mission, which is to get revenge against the man who killed his father. And yeah, that scene was magnificent. And the ending where he chops off his head, like Scarsgard chops off his uncle's head. And his uncle is just standing there headless. But also you realize that his uncle was able to strike Skarsgard and killed him at the same time. And it was and, and they, they foreshadow his death a couple times in the film by him saying, like, I will die on the battlefield, I will die in combat. And that's what happened. So yeah, and, and just you know, touching upon the violence, the violence, the, oh, this film does not shy away from the violence. Uh, you know, when 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 we when we first see Skarsgard and, and his sort of tribe uh, his his gang whatever you want to call them they're invading the villages and just killing all these women and children it just literally there's one disturbing scene when all these children get kind of grouped up in this uh you know whatever little hut and they light it on fire and that I almost had to turn away for a second that was just d- brutal and disturbing but yeah robert eggers does not shy away from the violence which is i didn't know what to expect in regard to that because his two other films, The Lighthouse and uh, The Witch, they did have some violence, but it was very minimal and it was typically only towards like the end of the film and the climax, uh, right? We, when we see Robert Pattinson finally kill Willem Dafoe and then when we see all the violence happening between Anya Taylor-Joy and all her family members in uh, The Witch. Oh, there is that really, really gory scene in the beginning of The Witch where the baby first gets kidnapped by The Witch and we see, like, I don't even want to... Think about that scene. That scene always makes me cringe. I can never, I can never watch. It. I always have to turn away. But, uh, but we've never seen as much violence in his previous films as we do in this. And I think the fight sequences and the choreography, I think, was very well directed. And he's, I, I mentioned this in my Ode to theater reaction, but Robert Eggers, along with Denis Villeneuve and Christopher Nolan, he's like one of my three favorite directors in Hollywood. Um, but as for Robert Eggers' other films, and where I think these uh, these rank. Um, now, I, you know, I don't really like to do the whole comparing thing too much, but for the sake of a podcast, it's a fun conversation to have. Uh, I do think this film is better than The Witch. Um, but I don't think it's better than The Lighthouse. Uh, I, I still think The Lighthouse... The Lighthouse for me is like a... a it, it's, it's, it's a top 10 film, top 5 for me personally. I love The Lighthouse. It's one of... The the few pieces of art that inspired me to want to be an actor, uh, just solely off of Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe's performance. And speaking of Willem Dafoe, he's in this uh, film as well, very briefly. And Robert Eggers, he's he loves to just throw these little fart sequences in his films. Like I I did not expect that at all. They're almost doing this uh, initiation in the beginning of the film where Ethan Hawke and Willem Dafoe are the uh, they're they're sort of preparing Skarsgård as a child to 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 get himself ready to be the future king and I whether it's Ethan Hawke or or no I I think it's Skarsgård's character he like farts in front of Willem Dafoe and Ethan Hawke and they're like Willem Dafoe or or, or Ethan Hawke's like that's the scent of a future king or something is super weird the whole audience was laughing me and my friends were, were we were dying of laughter it was fucking hilarious so Yeah, very similar because in the lighthouse, there's quite a few scenes of Willem Dafoe is just farting all the time, and you could just see the disdain and the frustration in Robert Pattinson's facial expression. He's like, I got, I gotta be around this guy because that's the only other person he's he has to talk to uh, on this, you know, little uh, island, this lighthouse island, whatever you want to call it. So, anyways. Yeah, I think it's uh, overall, because this is only his third film he's ever directed, feature film. Uh, I'd say number three, The Witch. Number two, um, number two I would say, I'm number 2 drawing a blank. This film, The Northman. Number one, uh, The Lighthouse. So, Moon Knight. Um, four episodes are out right now. And when the show first premiered, a lot of the really big uh, YouTubers and a lot of the other people with very large platforms were, um, were given the privilege to watch the first four episodes. So now we're all officially caught up to them. Now, I thought that was pretty interesting in the beginning because for all these other Marvel shows, at least to my recollection... Most of the critics and most of the really big YouTubers only got to see the first like two episodes. So in this case, we got to see the the first four, or they got to see the first four. So it probably means that the, the final two episodes, there's something pretty big in store. Now, oh excuse me. I don't want to get I don't want to get ahead of myself and, and and speculate on, you know, could this big other MCU character pop up because we've learned or at least i have i've learned my lesson from that i got my hopes up for dr strange and wandavision for loki i i I got my hopes up for thor that didn't happen so i don't want to get my hopes up for that this time but i that doesn't mean that we still couldn't have some big surprises maybe we're introduced to a character we haven't seen yet uh you know there's there's been some discussion that uh we may not see Blade, but we could get some sort of Blade tie-in because this character is is very has very very close ties to Blade in the comics and to even Black Knight from uh, Eternals to uh, to a, to a lesser degree. So, you know, I think we're definitely in store for some very big surprises. Now, overall, my thoughts on the show so far is I think it is a very very good show. Uh, I I still think Loki is probably my favorite, but I think it's. I think it's the second best Marvel show. Yep. I think it's better than WandaVision. Not by much. Not by much. WandaVision, each episode left me wanting more. And it certainly does that for Moon Knight. But I feel like there was a little bit more mystery behind WandaVision. Because we were traversing through different decades and... We were always asking ourselves, "Why is this happening?" Right, and then Sword was it, it was uh, was implemented, and then we had all these other characters showing up, and then we had Quicksilver from the other, you know, the the other X Men universe. So there's so many different mystery. I feel like there's a little bit less mystery in Moon Knight, but make no mistake, there are still lots of questions that I and many other viewers have. Uh, and yeah, I'm going to quickly kind of discuss episode four. Actually, I think this was a nice way to segue into that. So your 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 spoiler warning is right now. Um, I've heard a lot of people, specifically Robert Meyer Burnett on the John Campius show, he's talked about how he believes that, and he's very, very familiar with the Moon Knight character. I think probably more than anybody I've ever seen on the internet. He knows so much about the character and he's been saying for a very, very long time, for Ever since the show premiered, he says that I don't believe what we are seeing is actually like real, so to speak. Like, like basically what he's trying to say is he thinks that everything we've seen up until episode four has possibly been a figment of Mark Spector's imagination, right? Maybe he's conjuring all of this up in his mind, uh, and We revealed that at the end of episode four, but in a very interesting way, right? We see that Mark Spector has been spending this whole time, or at least we think, in this uh, mental health hospital institution. But then again, is he really in that mental health? Is he really in that institution? Pardon me. We don't know, right? So in a way, Robert Meyer Burnett was correct, but also this could this could also be some sort of illusion at the same time right it's it, i know it's it's kind of confusing how i'm explaining it but if you've seen the episode you'll know what i'm talking about um now i also want to discuss the potential of a third personality now in the comics jay or uh, uh moon knight has three personalities he is mark specter who's the main kind of predominant personality he's he's the one that is who's uh he he is moon knight rather then we have Stephen Grant, who in this show we see he's he has the British dialect uh, and he's the Mr. Knight persona. And then there's a third named Jake Lockley. Now, if my memory serves me correctly, the research that I've seen, Jake Lockley is like a cab driver. He almost sounds like Travis Bickle, uh, this sort of you know grizzled cab driver who's traversing the streets, kind of trying to get inside scoops on crime that's happening so his other personas can uh, pursue it, right? Um which is actually quite interesting to be quite honest with you and there have been many hints to a third personality like I mean I think the biggest hint to me uh, well there, there's a couple of the, some of the the ones off the top of my head where uh, there was that scene going on in that cliff where Mark was interrogating those the, those the, those those whatever people that he was fighting and then you see he kind of transitions to personalities and then when he wakes back up as mark, you could see he's killed, you know, two of these guys. And then he, he speaks to Stephen and he says, I didn't do that. Was that you? And then Stephen says, that wasn't me. So clearly that's hinting at a third personality. And then also when uh, Mark has that council with all the other Egyptian gods, um, Arthur Harrow shows up and he says, who knows how many personalities this man has. Like he's trying to explain to the council that this man is deeply uh, troubled. Uh, and, and he's struggling trying to, you know, cope with all these different personalities. So that was a direct hint. And then I think the biggest hint of all was at the end of the fourth episode where, where first we see Stephen Grant come out of one tomb. And then when, the, when when Stephen Grant and Mark Spector, which is, by the way, a great shot, you see Oscar Isaac playing, obviously, two versions of himself, but the editing, it makes it seem like they're both in the same room interacting with each other. But then we see Stephen Grant come out of that tomb. And then as... Him and Mark are walking down the hallway. They look off into one room, and then they see that there's another tomb. And you could tell that there's something trying to break out of it, but we don't we don't get it yet. And I imagine we'll probably see that in the third, uh, or sorry, in the in the in the fifth episode, maybe even the sixth. Who knows? So that clearly is there's obviously a third personality, and it's probably going to be Jake Lockley. It could be, uh, you know, a new character. Marvel could, might take some liberty and create a new, th- uh, uh, personality. Excuse me. I take a sip of my coffee, or who knows? There could be a fourth personality. There could be a fifth personality. We have no idea. Uh, I guess we'll find out tonight. Because for me, I'm on the East Coast. So if you're in like the wet, if you're in the West Coast, like if you're in LA or California or whatnot, you're gonna be able to see the episode of Moon Knight, which, or <laughs> you're gonna be able to see the episode of Moon Knight at midnight. Whereas for me, since I'm in the East, I have to stay up till 3 a.m. But for me, I think the show is so interesting that I think I will stay up uh, tonight till uh, till 3 a.m. to watch that fifth episode. Um, now, I, I, I was looking online and I, I, I don't know if this is a direct quote from Oscar Isaac, but I, I saw something. It might be a direct quote, but I saw something about Oscar Isaac discussing how or possibly hinting that if there is a third personality, will there be a third different kind of suit? Now, that is pretty interesting. Now from what i've seen of the comics there's only really been two suits there's been the moon knight suit like the main moon knight suit and then there's been the mr knight suit now apparently the mr knight suit is actually a pretty recent kind of iteration in the comics i think like it was created like within the last 10 years if if my memory serves me correctly like i said i don't read the com i'm not a comic book reader i just go off of what i see from you know youtubers like uh, you know, emergency awesome and, and John Campia and, and, and then I'll even do my own research and I'll look on, you know, uh, comic book, comic book, radio, comic book reader, see C- whatever CBR stands for that website. Uh, so I'm just going off of the things that I've read without actually kind of reading the comics. It's not really my thing personally, uh, but I love watching the movies and that's what we're here to talk about. Um, now, let me just make sure I checked off all the boxes here. Uh, yeah. I touched upon other MCU characters Uh, Like I said, I'm not really going to go into that. I don't want to get my hopes up. Uh, I don't even know who who would show up. However, though, I have heard one report rumor take it with a massive grain of salt. We heard rumors that Dr. Strange was going to be in uh, WandaVision. That never happened. But there have been rumors, I say that in air quotes if you're listening and not watching, that uh, Mark Ruffalo will show up. Now, the reason why I think this one is actually has has a decent chance is because we've been seeing Mark Ruffalo pop up in quite a few other Marvel projects recently. And I've actually mentioned, I think he's starting to take, he's always had a leadership role in the Avengers, but I think now that Tony and, um, and Steve are gone, I think he's really kind of stepped up and he's really adopted this this uh um the head of leadership role of the avengers not like the, the you know the 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 main leader the of of the avengers but he i think he's one of the 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 top people overseeing the avengers and i, I we, like we saw him pop up in uh shang chi and uh you know we we i we have we have she-hulk coming up so we have heard that he's going to be in quite a few other marvel properties and and when he popped up in shang chi you know he kind of introduce Shang-Chi to like there are other beings like you like you know welcome to the circus I think is I think that's what he said if I'm not mistaken so yeah I think that's possible but like I said I don't want to get my hopes up but uh, overall I'm really really enjoying Moon Knight Um, and now should Moon Knight get a second season this has been you know talked about Uh, I think this is an interesting conversation to have now I was watching the John Campy show and they discussed how I think for Emmy, you know, nominations, uh, Moon Knight was listed as a limited series, so I think that sort of indirectly confirms that no, the show will not be getting a second season. However, though, Oscar Isaac is only apparently he's o- he's apparently he's only signed on for one season. Uh, now, I don't think people should panic around that. Because we've seen this many, many times, especially with these big movie star actors in series. They typically only sign on for one season because they sort of want to judge how the how the show is gonna succeed. Like it's different from like signing on for a multi-film contract. With a show, they want to see how you know how the audience is gonna engage and, and how, how they're gonna feel about it. And then if it is really successful, then they'll sign on for the second season. However, though, even if Moon well, actually not even if Moon Knight is incredibly successful. So I I think it's already I think it's already worth a second season if Marvel wanted to do it. But I honestly like there's no doubt we're gonna see Moon Knight return in the MCU, obviously. Like Kevin Feige wouldn't Kevin Feige has probably been planning for Moon Knight for years, just like everything else in the MCU, right? I think he has bigger plans for Moon Knight. And to be quite frank with you, I would love to see him get his own movie. I think it would be a great way to use this show to build the foundation for the character, establish all these different personalities personalities that he has and all the different attributes of the character, build the world up around him, and then maybe give him his own movie. I think that would be really, really interesting. And I think a good example of that, now, different, but similar in, in some respects is the falcon and the winter soldier right we've seen sam wilson many times throughout the mcu he's been more of a supporting character in many of the films like you know captain america the winter soldier civil war but now they've built his character up they built the foundation and now he's the new captain america and now we know for a fact that he uh anthony Mackey, is the new captain america and he's getting his own captain america film so I think they could they sort of take that approach with Moon Knight. I think they could use this series, build him up. It, this The show isn't necessarily an origin tale because we, we find out that he has already been Moon Knight for years, but they're still sort of building his character. And I think after this show ends, I mean, also depending on where the show finishes, like how the finale plays out, uh, I think... Along with him appearing in other properties, because we know he will obviously be a part of the MCU, he is going to appear probably in the Avengers at some point. I think it'd be really interesting to see him, instead of getting a second season, get his own movie, right? Whether that happens, I'm not too sure. Uh, But that's where I think that's where I would like to see that character go moving forward past this show. So up next is my review for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Uh, I, like like I mentioned before, I did it out-of-theater reaction, and I made the funny mistake of calling uh, calling what was the bagel. I called it a donut, but I did that by mistake. I meant to call it bagel. But anyways, beyond that, I discussed how I thought this was uh, one of the best films this year. Um, I think it's probably... If I had to give it like, a ranking right now of... You know the films that have come out, the films that I've seen. My, I would say my top three, number one, still would be The Batman. I think The Batman, I, I personally think it's better than The Dark Knight. I've said that before. I, I will defend that and for as long as I will until another Batman film comes out that's better than that. Uh, so I think The Batman is number one. I think Everything Everywhere All at Once is the second best film. And then I think... Um, <laughs> excuse me pardon me. And I think the Northman is, uh, is number three, part of my burp. Um, I think the Northman's number three, but anyways, uh, what are some things I could touch on here? Yeah. Messages and themes. This film relies a lot on just sort of conveying a message that the audience can relate to, right? There's so many characters that are, all the characters in this film are very grounded in. I think some of the messages to me, I'd say gratitude, um, just being, being thankful for what you have, right? We, we often as a society, we, we want to, we always want to look ahead and I do this too. We all want the, the, whether it's something materialistically or a destination, right? We all want to strive for getting that next best thing. And that's to a degree, that's good, right? I think, being comfortable is a very dangerous spot to be in in life, absolutely. But sometimes I feel like we don't know where to draw this line, and then it, it ends up taking away from our personal happiness and our well-being. Right? We we cannot continue on, or we feel like our life doesn't have meaning unless we we've uh, we've reached that bar. Right? And it's like I said, it's always good to sort to. To strive for something better, something to improve your life, but there also has to be, you know, this sort of degree that you're able to, you can go for that, but also find enjoyment in the everyday things that happen within your life. So I think gratitude definitely is one of those things that I I pulled from this film. Discovery, right? exploring new things, exploring. And we see that a lot, right? Michelle Yeoh is, is always kind of pondering on if she had if she had made different choices early in her life in, 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 in simple interactions, right? If she had decided to, you know, not move away from her home with her husband, what would her of life have been like, right? That sort of what if scenario. And we see that a lot in that film, where she's trying to kind of traversing the multiverse and seeing all these different versions of herself if she had made different decisions right so i'd say discovery i would say adventure very similar to very similar to discovery and just you know learning new things about yourself and 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 taking risks and and, and all this craziness uh adventure and then even nihilism a little bit now someone in the comments brought up nihilism excuse me i forget what your name is but i want to give you credit. That really put it in perspective to me. I, I I didn't exactly know how to how to how to how to put it together. I knew that there was there was definitely a. And when I say nihilism, I refer to just like feeling as if like I mean for those of you who know what nihilism means, it basically just means like you feel like there nothing in the world matters. It's it's a very dangerous way to live, um, and and I think that is definitely representative of the antagonist of the film which is like Michelle uh, Michelle Yos I keep saying Michelle Yo I for, I don't I don't remember her her character's name so I'm just going to refer her her real name Michelle Yo I uh, Michelle's daughter in the film was like the main antagonist who's sort of uh you know going through all the different multiverses and causing chaos basically almost like a version of Kane the Conqueror she definitely uh is like a is like a physical. Her character basically represents nihilism. Her whole thing is like nothing, nothing really matters, right? Um, so yeah, those are kind of the messages and the themes that I pulled from the film. And like I said, shout out to whoever brought up. Uh, the, they explained it. A lot of people in the comments section of the out of theater reaction provided some great insight and some great points. But one of those comments specifically brought up nihilism, uh, and just how basically. uh I, I'm paraphrasing what what you said. Uh, individual in the comments but they basically just reference hopelessness and and i totally get that from that character's perspective um yeah uh oscar potential I, I also was having a conversation with somebody in the comments and i mentioned how i could definitely see this film getting you know lots of oscar buzz and and i for i almost right now if the oscars happened today which would be ridiculous because we're, we're like one quarter through this year eh, and maybe, maybe two quarters through this year Uh, I would definitely say this film is going to be right there for Best uh, Original Screenplay. Maybe even Best Picture, depending on how the rest of the year uh, pans out. Maybe even other awards. But for me, I think definitely Best Original Screenplay. Um, Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I I think the film was great. Um, After I watched it, I felt a sense of peace. Because, like... Sometimes in life, we let the tiniest things impact our whole day, sometimes our whole week, and in in some small cases, our whole month. And what I mean by little things, like it could be something as, you know, I'm not speaking for me personally, I'm just speaking in broad terms, but it, it could be something as little as like, you know, someone, uh, cut you off on the highway or something, or you had gotten some kind of road rage argument with somebody or, you know, somebody, uh, I don't know, something little like that, right. Or you spilt milk on your shirt, right? Little things like that. For some people, these little things can really kind of ruin our mood and our behavior for, an extensive period of time when, in reality, it shouldn't. Right? It's good to, it's good to worry about things. It's 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 especially in terms of like your career. It's good to it's good to care about things, obviously. But letting these little things kind of dictate and shift your mood and and kind of ruin your day, that's taking away from your overall happiness. And what what I immediately felt out of the film was like. You know, I'm constantly stressing about these little assignments from school and I'm constantly stressing about, you know, like, uh, like my, my podcast and all that. And it's just like, just, and this kind of goes back to gratitude. Just, just kind of appreciate the things that you have, right. And and, and don't let these little minute things kind of get in the way of, of, of appreciating what you really have in life. Right. That's kind of how I took about, it. obviously there's like, you know, serious things that you should obviously worry about extensively but I'm saying like in terms of the the little things like don't let that kind of you know shift your whole day or, or, or shift your attitude right um, so that's sort of how I felt uh and yeah I think overall it's a fantastic film and I would certainly love to see it again I went in with very very little expectations uh I had heard you know the the uh, the buzz around the film and I heard it's it's been getting it had been getting and still is getting great reviews but i kind of went into it with a very open mind I and, and i think that was great for me I, I walked out just very pleased and incredibly surprised on how fantastic this film was so now we have reports and you know rumors like I, like i mentioned take this take anything like this with a grain of salt i know you've probably heard that term a thousand times, but it really does hold true because we've seen many rumors like this of you know Casting rumors and this guy playing this character and then sometimes it happens. Sometimes it doesn't it just kind of fades off into the into the wind uh, So but I think it's still worth discussing. and I think it's actually pretty exciting if it is real uh, And it's been coming from some pretty credible websites now, uh, you know, it hasn't come from variety or deadline or you know, um, the Hollywood reporter. And if it came from there, it's like 99% true then, but it hasn't. So, you know, as I mentioned, kind of just, you know, approach it, uh, approach the conversation, you know, with still, still being skeptical. Um, but anyways, let me get to it. Andrew Lincoln, for those of you who don't know who that is, if you've seen the walking dead, uh, and I'm talking like the first, whatever, six seasons I stopped watching after like season five. Um, But the main character of The Walking Dead, I think his name is Rick, that actor, Andrew Lincoln, is apparently in serious discussion or negotiations to join the MCU for a role that's unknown at the time. So I think he's a really, really good actor, and I think he's a pretty cool choice because I think he's very, uh, you know, I I created a list here that I'm going to go over, different characters I think he could be playing. He really is, he seems like an actor that can kind of just be uh almost like a chameleon and just play in many different kinds of roles. Uh, he could be any one of these characters or someone completely different that I don't have on my list, but I compiled uh, some potential characters that I think he could be playing. Uh, and then I'm, I'm going to run through the list and then I'm going to actually uh, give my prediction as to which one I think he's going to be playing. So first I got Magneto. I got Wolverine. I got Mr. Fantastic. Dr. Doom and uh Nova. so who do I think he will be playing? hmm now I I, I want to say this before I give my pick. I know I said Dr Doom, but there's a couple there's a couple thing there's a couple reasons to sort of counter that uh a, a couple couple rumors number one uh it's there's been some reports that Dr. Doom will make an appearance in Black Panther Wakanda Forever, which is basically almost wrapped filming. So I think it would be a little, I think it'd be a little bit too late to suddenly cast a character that big in so late in the game in production for Black Panther 2. Um, now, I, like I said, that's just a rumor. That's just a rapport. I, who knows? There's also been reports that Namor could be the main villain of, uh, uh, of uh, Wakanda Forever. But then also... Grace Randolph who's another really big YouTuber in the movie space Uh, and I think she I'm pretty sure it was her I think she reported that someone she knows in the industry like a source told her that Marvel has apparently like behind the scenes casted a, a really really big villain that like no one even like knows about so Doctor Doom is like a Damn near Thanos level of villain. So, and that 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 story came out, and that you know announcement that came out a long time ago. Uh, so, unless we're just hearing about it now, but I highly doubt that. So maybe it's not Doctor Doom, or maybe it is. Who knows? Um, I actually here before I give my 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 actual prediction, I'll just kind of go through each of my predictions, and I'll and I'll sort of break down you know why it could be him, why it couldn't. Sorry, here I'm sorry. Here we go. Magneto. Uh, so we know at the very least, we're going to see one mutant in, in an upcoming film, which is Professor X from Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. We could possibly see even other X-Men characters return. Uh, I don't think we're going to see Wolverine. And quite frankly, I don't really want to see Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. I, I really would rather... I'd rather us move on from the old X-Men. And I I really want the MCU to introduce a whole new set of X-Men characters. They could bring some of them back just for like uh, like, just for like this one-off, just for like the Doctor Strange film, but I don't want to see them kind of return entirely, have another whole three, four more films. I want to see them move on from the original X-Men. But so I get here. So I guess let me switch around my comments a little bit. I don't like. If Hugh Jackman is in this film, which I don't think he is, but if he is, like yeah, I'll I'll smile, I'll grin, and I'll 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 enjoy it as long as as long as it's just an appearance for that film. But then also on the other side of the token, he had such a great conclusion to his whole character and his whole arc in Logan, and I think bringing him back this soon could be a little you know problematic maybe, and it might take away from how uh, emotional and how, um, and how great that conclusion to his character was. We'll have to see. Uh, but then again, you know, Professor X is, 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 uh, is in the film more specifically Charles Xavier, who we know is very, very close with, uh, the Wolverine character in the comics and in the X-Men films. Um, now Wolverine, speaking of Wolverine, I think he could be playing a new version of Wolverine. I really really do. He is kind of older, but you know, I not old enough that he can that that he can't play this character for like 10, 15 years. I think I think he can. However, he wouldn't be my first pick. But, you know, as as fans, we 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 like to jump to the gun when we hear a fan casting and we have seen it many times when Heath Ledger was cast as the Joker. You know, many people back then were up in arms about it and then, you know, even going way back when Michael Keaton obviously this is much before my time, but I was watching videos of fans on the streets. Like news reporters were going around when the reports were first coming out that Michael Keaton was going to be Batman back in like 1985, and many people in the streets were like, "He's not big enough. He he doesn't he doesn't look brooding. He doesn't look strong." And, and you know, Michael Keaton for a while was a lot of people's favorite Batman, uh, and, and for many people, it, it still is their favorite Batman to this day. So I, I don't want to jump the gun, and I'm certainly not. I think he would make a great Wolverine, but I don't think he'd be my first choice. I, I think I've been saying this for a while. If if you know, if I was a casting director, my top two candidates that I would look for to play a new Wolverine would either be, I think his name is Taryn Edgerton from the Rocket Man film and the Kingsman films. Or uh uh, what's his name from Sons of Anarchy? I'm drawing a blank on his name. Charlie Hunnam. Charlie Hunnam would be a great Wolverine in my opinion. Um, but then again, if they want to go for more of a comic book accurate representation of the character, uh, maybe go with someone a little bit shorter because Wolverine in the comics is a relatively shorter individual. Where Hugh Jackman's this, this this like towering six foot five, you know, individual. But you know, they're always taking kind of they're they're all, they're always drawing inspiration for the comic books, but never just doing a copy and paste. So I imagine we'll probably see something similar with Wolverine, uh, Mister Fantastic. Uh, I I could definitely see him playing Mr. Fantastic. And we know that that film is in development. And it kind of makes sense from a timeline perspective. Like, we haven't heard really any news about the film. We know what's coming. They announced it when they were announcing the whole Phase 4 slate. And that was like three, four years ago, almost at this point. So I imagine they're probably, you know, Kevin Feige and everybody at Marvel is probably trying to get the ball rolling on that. So it would make sense that he's playing Mr. Fantastic and he sort of already has, you know, the kind of gray hair, you know, like Dr. Strange on, you know, the little side side stripes. And I mean, they could put that on any actor. That doesn't really matter. Um, So yeah, Mr. Fantastic, Dr. Doom, I already talked about Dr. Doom. Nova, Nova's a stretch but they did just announce, uh, there have been reports from, I think, I think like Variety and all the other, I, I could be wrong. You know, I don't want to say that for a fact, but I'm pretty sure the big trades just announced that Nova is officially getting, uh, is officially in development, whether it's a TV show or a movie that remains to be seen. But for those of you who don't know, Nova is essentially, you know, the 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 surface level storyline is Nova is like the last member of the Nova Corps uh, planet and, you know, uh, excuse me, like organization. And we've seen the Nova core in the guardians of the galaxy films. And even in, I think in Avengers, um, infinity war, you know, that whole planet gets destroyed. So he's pretty much the last one left. And I guess he would be looking for, you know, his vengeance because, you know, Thanos destroyed all those people and, and, you know, destroyed his whole planet. So, uh, yeah. That's, I mean, I'm sure I'm probably missing some things and I might have got something wrong there with my Nova explanation, but that's just sort of what I know about the character. But who do I think will be playing it? I think he's going to be playing Mr. Fantastic. Now, there's been reports that we're going to see a version of Mr. Fantastic in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. And in fact, all the reports, and I, to be honest, I would bet like a hundred bucks on this. I think we're going to see John Krasinski as Reed Richards. In this, uh, in Doctor Strange's Multiverse of Madness, but there's also been reports that it's he's ju- John Krasinski is just coming in just for this film, just to be an alternate y- y- or version of the character, it, because apparently he just doesn't want to sign on for like an eight, six film deal. He just doesn't want to commit to that, which is totally understandable to each his own. So we thought it'd be fun to come in and, and fans obviously have wanted John Krasinski to play Mr. Fantastic for years. So it'd be a nice homage to the fans and give them what they want. And then he can dash and then we'll get a new version, an actual developed version of the Fantastic Four. And potentially Andrew Lincoln could be playing our, you know, new form of Reed Richards. We'll have to see. Or he may even be introduced in Dr. Strange Multiverse of Madness. We have no idea. Uh, but yeah, so those are the rumors. Let me know what you guys think. Do you guys think this whole report and rumors a load of horse shit? Or do you think there's some, there's some uh, validity to this? Let me know what you think in the comments below. Anyway, so before we wrap up today's episode, I thought it'd be fun... To do a, a little ranking right now of some of the MCU characters, and I've created three categories here: from uh, most powerful to most important to the smartest. Now I'm going to give three spots, right? So th- uh, third, second place, first place for each one of these subcategories. And uh, yeah, I just thought it'd be a fun little discussion to have, given you know where the MCU is right now and where it continues to build. And obviously this list will continuously change throughout the course of the films and the different TV shows that are coming out. Um, And of course, this is just my list. Your list may be completely different or it may be identical to mine. So feel free to disagree, feel free to agree, and let me know in the comments what you guys think below. Uh, Starting off with the most powerful. Number three, I have Doctor Strange. Number two, I have Captain Marvel. Number one, I have Thor. Uh, this is pretty tough I, I i you know that the number one spot i i think is almost interchangeable between captain marvel and thor but for me i sided with thor just because when thor is in that full on god mode where he's got the where he's incorporating the lightning from the sky and everything he's just in just full form whatever and you could say the same for captain marvel when she i think it's called uh which she's in like her full-on binary form. I, I think that's the the terminology for it. She's unstoppable as well. So even if somebody disagreed and and would rather have Captain Marvel at number one, I would not argue with that at all. But for me personally, I think I'm just gonna go with Thor because they have similar powers. But I Thor also has Stormbreaker. So let's not even forget that. That that's a whole other, you know. Uh, almost entity in and of itself in terms of power. So I think just that kind of elevates him above. Most important, I'd say Bruce Banner just because of his, uh, you know, his mind. And, and I, I think he's always been that person that's been behind the sciences. Uh, you know, he's always been sort of around the construction of certain things, along with Tony and all that. But uh, I think definitely Bruce Banner. Um, is, is the third most important second I would say Ant-Man because of where we could be going with Mania and in, in the sort of Kane the Conqueror storyline and obviously in Endgame he you know his technology and not necessarily his obviously you know the pin particle is wasn't his creation but it's it's what's associated with his character. That was basically the tool that the Avengers used to go back in time to bring everybody back. So without the Pim Particles and without Ant-Man and, you know, uh, Michael Douglas's character and the Wasp, I, I forget their names, but without their technology, really that whole film and that whole story wouldn't even be possible. Or, or at least it would have to be done in a completely different way. Um, so Ant Man, and then number one, I would say definitely Doctor Strange. And I think, I mean, I think the most obvious reason is where they could be going with the Multiverse of Madness and exploring the Multiverse, exploring different versions of characters, bringing in new characters potentially, seeing returning characters. Uh, I, I think he's incredibly important, and he just in terms of protecting. The reality of our planet and of our universe, as it's been mentioned many times in the films. So he would def- so just kind of run through the, the list here again uh, of most important. Uh, Bruce Banner, Ant-Man, Doctor Strange. Now, just want to let you know, this is for like right now. This is for like where we are currently at in the MCU. Not like of all time. This is just right now. Because um, obviously the list would be much different. Smartest. I have number three, Rhodey. Uh, I think Rhodey is incredibly intelligent, and I, I definitely think we're going to see that a lot more uh, come to come to the, the the center stage, especially with his own show coming out called Armor Wars. I think we're definitely going to see that uh, a lot more showcased. Second, Doctor Strange. I think Doctor Strange is an incredibly smart individual, and I think after the film, we're probably going to see him expand his knowledge and there's even rumors that he's going to he's he's going to read the dark cold and he's he's going to sort of study that and started, uh, and study the book of ashanti which we know is going to be in doctor strange multiverse of madness so i think once at the end of this film he's already one of the smartest if not you could argue the smartest person in the MCU i think he's going to be that much more smarter after having a better understanding of the multiverse and all the dangers and all the things involved with it uh, and number one, Bruce Banner. I think Bruce Banner is the smartest individual in the MCU. Um, for you know a couple of reasons that I've already mentioned. I I just think uh, you know what he was able to do with just his own body, being able to sort of grab you know this brooding side of him being the Hulk and uses you know the arguably the most valuable part of him is his mind and his 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 intellect and. You know, compile those two together to create Professor Hulk. I think that right there was enough to just let you know that he's one of, if not the smartest, individuals in the MCU. And along with the pin particles, he also helped orchestrate all of that along with Ant Man and along with Captain America in Endgame. So, I definitely think, uh, I definitely think he's one of, if not, in my, well, in my opinion, I think he's the smartest uh character in the mcu that we have right now but anyways guys that is going to wrap up episode 25 i think it is 25 or 26 i'm losing count at this point uh if you stuck around for this long thank you very much for listening and uh, i hope you all have a great evening day morning wherever you are watching this or listening and i will see you on episode 26